Welcome to another fantastic episode of Adjust Your Vocabulary podcast. This is your host, Denise, and today I am interviewing Kelsey Cooper, a PR specialist based in Las Vegas at the largest PR firm in Vegas. They have clients including the MGM Resort Properties and many other phenomenal clients. Listen in today. I know you're going to learn a ton about communication and the communication world and PR and how we need to adjust ourselves and be flexible in communication. Welcome to the Adjust Your Vocabulary podcast. I'm your host, Denise. Together, let's elevate your vocabulary so we can elevate your voice. Are you ready? All right, Kelsey, how are you today? I am great. Thank you for asking. Yeah, thank you for coming on my podcast and being available for um, the Adjust Your Vocabulary audience. Um, and I really have to admit, I'm blown away at all you do in the career and communication as um, a PR rep in Las Vegas. Um, you're a PR specialist and at the largest PR firm in Las Vegas. Is that correct? That is correct. Oh, Carbon that's a- Doke Communications. That's so fantastic. I'm so ready to just dive in on that. But first, I really would love to hear your story of how did you get into the whole world of public relations? You know, it's really funny. Um, I've always been good at communicating and speaking. Um, I went to college and took a lot of communications classes. Um, When I was 18 years old, actually, I lived in Vegas and I was a promoter for a nightclub that I wasn't even allowed to go in yet, but I was selling like $500 bottles to people on the street to this nightclub. Oh my Um, goodness. Fantastic. Yeah. It was looking back. It's really ridiculous. But, um, basically after I, I was about to graduate with a degree in communications and I got an internship with the Las Vegas convention center and visitors authority. Mm -hmm. So they're like the government organization that markets Las Vegas to the rest of the world. Um, and I managed to snag an internship with them. I wanted to be in sales and they put me in the public relations department. So (laughs) I ended up here totally on accident. Um, before I even finished my internship, I had gotten the job with Kervin. So, oh my goodness, literally fell into it. It sounds like it found you really. Yes, probably more accurate. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And that's how life is. Sometimes you don't always plan for things. And then it just turns out where it ends up being just the perfect thing. And maybe this isn't your perfect thing. But if you're good at it, sometimes, you know, you you just make it make it your thing. Is this make it work? Exactly. Is this what you would say you is your path? Or do you think this is just maybe a stepping stone to what um, you will become someday? Oh, man, that's so hard for me to say because I am so like nomadic and Mm. kind of ADD. I don't think I've ever had a job for more than like two years without getting bored and like changing to a completely different field. But I love this job. I love doing PR in Las Vegas and I love the company I work for. Um, And there are a lot of things like, like I said, I wanted to get into sales really bad and I'm kind of finding out that PR to me is kind of sales in a form of writing and pitching media. And I'm kind of better at writing. I'm more able to express myself. So it's kind of the ideal sales job for me because I can, you know, I can complete the sale over an email. Mm, That's good. So yeah, I I, I love that. I haven't 
decided yet, to be honest with you, because I'm, it's still somewhat new. I am, this is my coming up on my second year at this job, um, at this, at Curvin. And I really like it. And I can't see myself going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah. And it sounds like you're such a prodigy in it being two years out. And you were, and I was reading your bio, you're in, you were instrumental in opening up some of Sam Fox's restaurants in Las Vegas, which is huge. And then you also yes. helped open up the Lucky Dragon, which is the first casino after the recession. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yes, that was uh, pretty wild. Um, it was the first casino built from the ground up since, I think, the Cosmopolitan, which opened in, like, 2010. Wow. And it was uh, marketed towards Asian-American customers. And it was like, six months on the job, so I really – it was wild. I got to see how everything was done. And we were also um, – we actually won an award uh, for a multicultural uh, PR campaign because we were working with um, Chinese outlets as well. And there's just a, a ton of things that you have to do to open up a casino. Um, but there's kind of formulas um, that they follow, both in the restaurant industry, you know, and with casinos. Mm-hmm. I bet there is such different um, communication and verbiage, and especially marketing towards an Asian-American um, customer base, how does that change yes. your vocabulary or your communication um, with that? Are there certain words that you have to avoid or is there, um, obviously your audience is different, so you must have to tailor that special for them. Is that correct? So we did have, um, we did a translator that would translate our releases for us, but just in dealing with the Asian media, uh, just a lot more formal, respectful you know, more thank yous and, um, you know, like I said, just, just more formal, um, than you might be with, you know, another media member that you're comfortable with Mm -hmm. in the English media. For sure. I can see that cultural, you know, way of speaking, translating over. And that is something you really have to consider in your field, I would imagine. And where, I mean, where do you even get your best ideas for some of these campaigns you do, whether it is for an Asian American market or um, even like a conference or a briefing or special events? How do you come up with your best ideas for your verbiage and your communication? Um, You know what? I'm a really big fan of brainstorming. And coming up with fun ideas and then kind of working from the big picture down. Mm, that's I good. love a good brainstorm <laughs> and just bouncing ideas and PR. We do, we use a lot of stupid, like fake holidays to get people excited about things. Yes, I love um, that. <laughs> <laughs> we do a lot of that. Like, um, for example, uh, one of my clients, Brooklyn Bull. Um, we noticed that National Fried Chicken Day was coming up, so we pitched this, and they're, um, they actually have Blue Ribbon Fried Chicken, this amazing fried chicken, um, and we had a fun, like, we had a uh, Method Man and Red Man in concert that night, so we came up with this whole PR campaign to have, like, a chicken wing eating competition emceed by Method Man and Red Man. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and we were going to do, yeah, you know, the, That's the so winner fun. of the That's chicken so wing eating competition won a lane. 
it didn't end up happening but oh uh, man it's, it's that kind of creativity that I love that is such good creativity and coming up with things that you're thinking outside of the box and making it fun I really yeah. love that and do you feel like the communication with something like that how does that change with a chicken eating contest and then you have to go into you have to flip it over to something super serious the next day. Do you find that hard to move in and out of, you know, different audiences like that? Not really. I've had a really diverse group of clients from day one on my team. So I've just been kind of used. And I also used to do uh, the social media for one of my clients, an educational nonprofit. So it's obviously a very formal, um, informational tone that you would take with you know communities and schools this dropout prevention organization and then the next day we're writing about um you know a grateful dead cover band coming to brooklyn bowl and putting all these like puns in there um i don't know i think it's it's fun to put everything that you've got into each style of writing i don't find one preferable over the other Mm, I love that. And I love that flexibility in you. I feel like that just is why you're such a natural at that is you're just comfortable with moving in any direction. And so you mentioned social media for the educational nonprofit and dropout prevention. So you build networks for these traditional media contacts. How does vocabulary and communication play a role in the process with social media? I mean, you really have to be careful of what you say because things can be misconstrued so easily um you know even if it's something that you didn't mean it's just really important to make sure that you are conveying the exact message that you want to convey with social media how do you make it fun because social media does have to have that fun component to capture an audience how would you say that you make that um a little more fun um i I think for CIS, for communities and schools, um, we like to tell the stories of what's going on within the organization, you know, what the what the actual employees are doing, you know, how they about their students and taking pictures and just, you know, tugging at the heartstrings. But for instance, like we'll, you know, put up pictures of all the outfits, how everyone dressed up and you have to mix the light in with the serious and formative I think to keep it engaging I think that that is so smart because that way it gets the message across but also people don't feel like it's too heavy on them that's for sure yes absolutely and I think you especially would find it hilarious when we're editing press releases in our office I mean we get down to every little tiny word and just we get so in-depth and we'll just edit edit it and edit it and edit it until it's exactly what we wanted it to be. Oh, I bet. Where I would love that. Other people in the industry would probably say, you're crazy. Right. A coat is the same thing as a jacket. No, it's not. Yeah. yeah. I mean, every word and I will, and I do that to my emails as well. I really will, for the most basic email, will <laughs> edit multiple words that I don't like or, you know, change things up before I send it. 
Oh my goodness, Kelsey, I can only imagine that this has probably bled over into your personal life with your personal emails and even Texting my friends. You're like, wait a minute, I better make sure that this is exactly what I want to say. Does it yeah. do you feel like on I know I've seen your Instagram page, it's adorable. It looks like you're always having fun and you just kind of live your life like carefree and I just love that. Do you feel like you treat your own personal online media with the same attention you do with your clients for communication? Well, I feel like people try to have this persona and I, I mean, I try to have my own persona too. I just don't like the whole, let me come up with this caption. I just like that makes me look cool or that makes you, you know, wish you were doing what I was doing. I just try to be myself and maybe make it funny or just be honest. I'm usually way too honest and write, you know, on my own Instagram page, I'll write this long caption with all my emotions, whereas, you know, that's not how you're supposed to do (laughs) social media for engagement. You're supposed to do something short and funny or whatever. But yeah, I just I like to be myself on my own page for sure and come across how I want to come across. For sure. And I love that you're being genuine to yourself. And with you having the background that you have in communication, you do know how important some of that is. Let's discuss press releases. What is the goal of a good press release? And how is the communication different when you're telling your client's story? Well, the goal of a good release is to get a new story out of it. Um, Like I said, or maybe like I haven't said yet, but to me, public relations is... It's sales, but in the form of, you know, an email or a press release, sales and writing, you are selling this member of the media on the newsworthiness of your story. So, I mean, we, we have to align our messaging with our, you know, clients' goals, obviously. And, you know, sometimes you have to make something newsworthy, like uh, I mentioned with the National Fried Chicken Day. Sometimes, and it's hard because there are so many press releases. I mean, I see every day just within my company, we're sent, um, we send each other the first round of the releases. So I see how many press releases are going out every day. So I think it's important to make it stand out and it, you know, it follows the inverted pyramid scheme where, you know, the most important information is up top. You have to get there their attention and give them a reason to write about you, which I think a big part of that is convincing them right away why your message or your client matters to their audience. That's how I begin almost all of my pitches is, hi, you know, I think that your, you know, if it's to a travel publication, you know, your travel savvy readers would be interested in, you know, finding out about this hidden gym or something that makes them think that, okay, yes, she's right. Like, this is a a good bit of information for my reader. Do you think, um, how does the tone, I mean, speaking of like traveling versus maybe a rock band, how does the tone or representing communication for a variety of clients, how does that differ when you're telling each of their stories or pitching that to media? I mean, how how does the wording change? Um, there's, There's definitely a good amount of PR fluff, as we call it that we can kind of put into emails and we use a lot of the same words, which can kind of get on my nerves, you know, and all, all of our press releases there, it's always like, our, we're highlighting this menu or showcasing, you know, this. So I, I think like it, for instance, if I'm pitching, you know, an interview with a rock band, it's going to be a lot more informal. 
whereas if I was pitching like a travel editor, I might use a little bit more of that fluff and the adjectives to try to uh, make it a little bit more visual for Mm. them. What you call PR fluff, is that like the traditional way to do it? And then like a rock band is kind of the new way. Do you see it kind of getting more informal or is it just kind of there's a formal way and then there's an informal way? I I just feel like just kind of for everyone, really, reporters and journalists are getting so many pitches that I've actually just I try to make everything as concise as possible, no matter who I'm writing to, whether it's released, whether it's pitching just an email I just try to get to the point so that's why I have really taken out a lot of the fluff but if I want to paint a story I'm still going to try to paint a story I guess so I think you kind of have to find the happy medium yeah exactly and in regards to communication you talk about words that are overused is there even like a form of writing or punctuation that you feel should be revisited by society that we need to back off of this or we need more of this? What's overused? What's said wrong? What's used too much or not enough? There are many things, many office jargon uh, examples that kind of drive me crazy. <laughs> um, like, I don't know why we have to all say the same thing. I get it because it's easy and I end up saying it too. <laughs> but yeah, there's a ton of office jargon. I don't like how overused the exclamation point is. Oh, really? It's kind of, it's kind of necessary sometimes because I feel like it makes us sound nicer. Right. Like when we do an exclamation point. I agree. But it's also like, okay, what what are we excited about? Then when we're really excited, it's not really coming across. And then just, you know, the office jargon, like, please advise and, you know, apologies for the late response. I don't know. It's just, it's, I just write too many emails, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) It probably just starts to lose some of that meaning when it's just used over as, you know. A traditional type thing. And I really want to circle back to the exclamation point being overused because I do struggle with that as well. I try not to use the exclamation point when um, I don't need to, but uncertain, and there are certain people that I have communicated with that that is definitely the norm. So I fall in suit with that just to um, not come across as being yeah, rude. And when you put a period, you're like, wow. <laughs> well, they don't like me. Why do you think this is? I think you I think you bring up an excellent point that I don't feel like has been addressed before. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, on one hand, I get it because mm-hmm. I'm relating to the public as my job and I want them to like me. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's it. It's just we've gotten so used to it that we've gotten to the point where you put a period and you sound curt or maybe it's because texting has made things so informal. Like I have a friend who always uses periods when she texts me and I think she's mad at me all the time. (laughs) So I think maybe like texting has had something to do with it too. I'm not sure. Mm, That's a good theory. And I, I think I'm on that page with you too. I do think it has to do with texting. We'll have to get to the bottom of that sometime. And that's, yeah, like, it's funny too when I'm texting I mean I do I will say write like the letter U instead of you like Y-O-U but I think that is adapting um which we all do because mm-hmm. it it's gotten to the point where yeah when you're texting and you write like well and formally that it sounds kind of weird it really does and it's just a quick form of communication it's just become so quick and the norms have changed and I feel like we are in the middle of a transition with that it's, it's very interesting. And 
I think you hit the nail on the head there. I think it's texting for sure. And probably and you're in communication. So you see all forms from super informal to very formal. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you look at your life today, you really are just crushing it in the life of communication right now. And I know that's not easy. What is your one piece of advice that you would give everyone else um, that feels stuck in communication? Um, I have to say reading. I would not be where I am today if I hadn't grown up obsessed with reading. And I still try to read every night. I don't like to have a TV in my bedroom. I just, I love, and I have about six books on my bed right now, and I am kind of go through all of them. But reading has helped me so much, and I don't think you realize how much you remember and kind of fall back on that and how much it improves your vocabulary. And it's not like it has to be a vocabulary book, just a good book that you enjoy and you're, you'll you'll retain that information and use it later. Mm, I love that. That is exactly, that's good. And that's fun that you were obsessed with reading when you were younger and then this was just a natural progression for you in that. And you already express yourself so clearly and with intention. Do you feel like there's still room to improve on your vocabulary? Oh, yes, definitely. Like I said, we get kind of um, stuck in PR using the same words over and over. Um, I've actually thought about writing a dictionary for PR professionals where it's like you can go to the word feature in the dictionary and find you know, showcase, highlight, like a bunch of other options. Um, Because that's kind of where I get stuck is just using the same words. So I love that idea. Yeah, patent pending on that one. I my mini business business idea. (laughs) (laughs) I would be in line to buy that just because I would be very interested in that. That is a fantastic idea, Kelsey. I think you should do that. Yes. And I mean, for copywriters as well, it's I think it's easy to get stuck when you're doing this very traditional or not traditional, but a very specific form of writing and speaking. It's easy to kind of get stuck in your own ways. And you just need to remember to get outside of the box more than usual. For sure. Yeah. And, you know, it's that transition and it's this new generation that will make that difference and make that change in your profession. So that's fantastic. I love hearing that and that you have things like that going in your in your mind already. Do you um, what else do you have going on in your life that you want to share with the listeners or how can they find you? Are you doing any projects right now? Oh, I always have (laughs) some business ideas in the works. I'm kind of an idea man, and I'm just loving Las Vegas and always have some little business ideas. I actually might like this because it's kind of um, vocabulary themed. So you might know or might have heard in Vegas, we just had the Vegas Golden Knights, like their inaugural season, our hockey team. Um, and they ended up going to the Stanley Cup playoffs, so you could not avoid Knights Mania. I mean, and I am—I was not immune. I went to a lot of the games, and oh my god, we just had so much fun with the Knights this season. So I had a, a business idea to, I just looked up, like, let's get pucked up, like P-U-C-K-E-D. Yes. Yeah, I was like, but this would be a cool t-shirt or something, and I could not find anything on the internet. So I bought the domain name like right away and a friend of mine, uh, we were working on like some let's get pucked up. Like we had a logo made, 
so that's kind of a project that I have right now is hopefully by next season, which starts, um, preseason starts in September, we'll have this let's get pucked up merchandise ready to sell online. Oh, Kelsey, that is fantastic. I am so excited for you. That is such a great idea. And you're obviously a thinker and you're so inspiring with the big things you're doing in communication and even the science of it and how it's changing. And you've really opened my eyes up to this whole new way um, to consider communication and the public relations world is just amazing to me. So um, I really appreciate you being on and I just appreciate you sitting here with me and um, talking even more about communication when you've just been doing it all day, I'm sure. Hey, I live to communicate. (laughs) Well, I love it. And thank you so much, Kelsey. Of course. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on Adjust Your Vocabulary podcast. If you could share this episode with somebody who would love it, I would be so grateful. Also, please leave an honest review on iTunes. Tell us what words you want to hear or what type of inspiring content you would love. It would really help us on our journey to helping thousands of people. Until then... Don't forget to adjust your vocabulary. (laughs) Thanks again, guys. Bye.